Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Euro Trip. New listeners, hello. Old listeners, yeah, I know, it's us again. I'm Rob. Joining me, as ever, Mr. James Rowe. James, hello. Hello. Lovely to be back. <laughs> that was a nice singy-songy hello. It was, wasn't it? I just feel in a good mood today. I just feel like things are going to go well on today's episode. Well, that uh, is probably us cursed for the rest of the episode, probably. <laughs> All downhill from here. I wanted to start today's episode by bringing you something that I saw on social media earlier on from Elsie Bay. Elsie Bay, of course, one of the favourites to win Melody Grand Prix over in Norway. She has, of course, been rehearsing for the big show. Of course, we saw her showcase, I think as they called it, her song Death of Us in the first Melody Grand Prix semi-final at the weekend. Well, she's now getting ready for the final. She's been trying to rehearse in her apartment in Oslo. But there is one problem, because her next-door neighbour is getting their bathroom renovated. As you can hear from this clip here. (laughs) Oh no, that is a singer's worst nightmare, isn't it? I like to think that if she doesn't get Norway's ticket to Turin, she is going to go next door and say to her neighbour, you are the sole reason why (laughs) I didn't win Melody Grand Prix because I couldn't rehearse properly because all I heard was that banging and drilling. I mean, honestly, you can't hear yourself think. If she doesn't get the ticket to Turin for Norway, the second best thing she can get is some soundproofing. That would be the next best thing, right? <laughs> it reminds me of the time, and I don't want to bring it back to him. I mean, obviously I do. Uh, when I spoke to Rafal last year, James, and during our interview as well, all you could hear in the background was his next door neighbour getting their kitchen redone. It's, it's honestly the problem with doing all these interviews and doing everything from home at the moment. Something like that could always happen. Indeed it will. And who knows what other disasters we'll hear on today's episode of the Eurotrip. As you know, Alessandro always said, take it away. Hi, we are Daniel Kakamagne, and you're listening to Eurotrip. But I don't close any doors. I love Eurovision, I love Melodifestivalen, and it will always be a part of me. That night, I found myself 
live on Russian state television for, for Russia's Song for Europe. I said to Joe, send BBC Teenage Life. Maybe two weeks later, I was at a press conference and I was on Making Your Mind Up. Everyone was like, Eldar, come, celebrate with us. The end of filming, they put honey on my face and I needed to be, you know, sexy with this honey on my face. Hi there, my name is Martin Estadal. I am the executive supervisor of the Eurovision Song Contest. You are listening to Eurotrip. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Eurotrip, the world's favourite Eurovision podcast with me, Rob. Me, James. And this week, in a surprise to the both of us, it is seemingly a Finnish rock special because we are joined by Blind Channel and, even more surprisingly, if you'd said a week ago we were doing this, I wouldn't have believed you. James, we've got an exclusive chat with the lead singer of The Rasmus. Yeah, this is extraordinary. Lowry Ulanen, the lead singer of The Rasmus, you remember them, from the worldwide hit In The Shadows from back in 2003. He's on the podcast chatting about their hopes to represent Finland at this year's Eurovision Song Contest in Turin. That is just extraordinary. It really, really is. I mentioned Blind Channel. We've got Nico and Joel from the band having a chat to me and Bella Kvist. You'll know her, friend of the podcast. She joined me for the interview. We'll hear from her a little bit later. And they spoke all about how the EBU and YLE, the Finnish broadcasters, wanted to change their performance. We battled with the Finnish national broadcasting company. We battled with them because they wanted to change our show. And then we battled with the EBU who make the Eurovision happen because they wanted to change our show. Because we were so sure of what we were doing, how, how, how this needs to be done so we can make the most of it. And that's exactly what we did. Yeah, that is a fantastic insight into everything that went down in Rotterdam God, almost 12 months ago. And also very excitingly, they were in a very unusual place for that interview, weren't they, Rob? They certainly were. They were in the Central Library in Helsinki, possibly the least blind channel location of all time. And not only that, we have a very special announcement to bring you all about Melody Festival. All that and more still to come. You're listening on Acast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is the Eurotrip. That's right, this is the Eurotrip. Thanks so much for picking us from pressing play wherever you are listening to us today. Uh, If you are a regular listener, you'll know that we typically, or at least in the last couple of weeks, have been starting the podcast with an Italian word. Rob got an Italian phrase book for Christmas, which is coming in very handy as we hurtle our way towards Turin. Of course, the semi-final allocation draw is next week. But we didn't start with an Italian word, Rob. Why on earth not? I was wondering whether or not you'd bring this up, and I'm pleased you have, because it means that I can reveal to you and the listeners that with, what are we now, four and a bit months to go to Eurovision 2022, I've lost the book, James. Oh, you haven't really, have you? I have lost the book. I was getting really excited. I thought you were going to say, with four and a bit months to go, I've taken up Italian lessons. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I might have to if I can't find the book. (laughs) Uh, I've lost the book. Also, while we're on the subject, by the way, I remember you've not paid me for the Airbnb yet. Uh, uh, should we do some tweets about last week's episode? Yeah, I mean, all I'm doing is distracting from the fact that, yes, I am very sorry, I appear to have lost the book. We had a few people over because it was my birthday last week and we like moved some stuff around to make a bit more space. And I thought the book went back on the bookshelf, but it appears not to uh. have done. So I'll need to do a bit more rooting around and hopefully hopefully next week I'll have, uh, I'll have uncovered it somewhere. It's almost where you'd least expect it. I'll probably find it in the fridge or something. 
<laughs> yeah, let's hope so. Uh, yeah, you've got a bit of time to start finding that. You've got seven days until the next episode. Um, and hopefully another Italian word. So get looking. But should we cast... <laughs> you, you say that, all the listeners now are going, honestly, don't find it. It's fine. <laughs> don't worry. Shall we cast our minds back to uh, last week, though? And the episode where we had uh, some great guests joining us, uh, one of which was Sittizani from Latvia. You'll know by now, surely, that the other one singing the song Eat Your Salad in Supernova, the Latvian selection. And we had a, a, a lot of interaction about that, our exclusive chat with the boys from the band. Uh, we had a tweet from Ram Pam Pam. Is that a nod to one of the Finnish songs, I think, in the selection? I think it is, yeah. Change the Twitter username to Ram Pam Pam. Anyway, they quoted a bit of... Um, bit of the interview saying the thing is that we can't sing it but somebody else can referring to some of those borderline lyrics shall we say and they're desperately trying to understand what on earth that means what do you think it means well how will he get around that well somebody else on social i think mentioned this didn't they because francesco gabani never actually says "alle," does he in his song in 2017 are they really hoping the crowds are going to shout that lyric from the top of the lungs i'm not so sure i think eurovision fans will do anything i don't think there's any <laughs> doubt in the fact that uh, cities any will get some people singing out <laughs> well not long to find out supernova is taking place in a matter of weeks we'll see if they manage to take victory and get the ticket to turin yeah thank you to scott as well by the way uh scott first time listener not to this obviously because if he's listening to this, second time listener, perhaps. Uh, he messaged us on Instagram to say, Hi guys, just listened to my first ever Eurovision podcast. First ever Eurovision podcast? Oh, not listening to any of the others. I mean, what's the point, really? I mean, why would you bother? <laughs> uh, he says, yeah, just listened to my first ever Eurovision podcast. Uh, it's the Yonola Sand episode that he listened to, by the way. Uh, if you haven't listened to that, obviously, please do. My mm. extensive chat with the former exec supervisor of Eurovision, which we put out uh, just before Christmas. Uh, anyway, Scott says, looking forward to listening to the remaining episodes. Does that mean he knows something we don't? Does he think it's coming to an end? I was going to say, that phrase sounds terminal, doesn't it? <laughs> the remaining episodes. Yeah, Scott, how many are left? Let us know. <laughs> how much time have we got left in the bank? I don't know what I want the answer to be either, because if he's like, oh, don't worry, boys, you've got another 15 years in this yet. <laughs> 15 years. Oh, maybe maybe better if it is coming to an end. No, I, I joke, obviously. But uh, Scott, thank you for listening. And thank you to uh, Ryan as well, who listens to the podcast, who Scott said uh, recommended this very podcast to him in the first place. Wonderful to have you along. Thanks for recommending us. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to keep getting in touch with us, sending some messages, interacting with us online. We love it when you do. We are at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can get in touch with us on the email, hello at eurotrippodcast.com. And don't forget the website as well. You can read all of our exclusive stories and a few other bits and bobs on there. That is eurotrippodcast.com. We all know what that noise means by now. It is time for the very latest news from the world of the Eurovision Song Contest. And for the last couple of weeks, you've said, oh, maybe next week there'll be less news. Obviously, there's not. It's the middle of January. (laughs) Obviously, there is not less news. So I'm about to wang on for about five (laughs) minutes nonstop and we'll need a 
Need an inhaler probably by the end of this. <laughs> yeah, I don't envy you in the slightest. Just trying to keep up with the Eurovision news on a daily basis is a struggle. Never mind trying to round it up on a weekly basis. God. Yeah, I guarantee I will have forgotten something. So please do not send in your complaints because, yeah, if you did that for everything we did wrong on this podcast. I mean, to be fair, we'd have no end of stuff to read out at the start of the podcast if you started doing that. Anyway, I will get to it. Now, James, you alluded to this a little bit earlier on. Of course, we have got the semi-final allocation draw next week. The pots have been revealed. Uh, the 36 semi-finalists, they've been divided into six pots. Uh, James, I don't know if you, have you seen the pots, by the way? I have seen the pots. I've not examined them to a great detail, but yeah, I've seen them, yeah. Have you seen apparently Australia is now part of Scandinavia? It does look like that. What was it? Finland, Norway, Sweden, Denmark and Iceland in the same part. <laughs> With with Australia. Very yeah. bizarre. Yeah. Anyway, so the 36 semi-finalists, as I said there, they've been divided into six pots based on their historical voting patterns. The draw itself will be streamed live on the official Eurovision YouTube channel. Uh, the host nation, Italy, of course, and the remaining Big Five will also be allocated the semi-final that they are voting in. All very, very exciting. Who knows? Maybe we'll get some artwork. Maybe we'll get a theme. Although maybe that's hoping too much. We'll find out. Germany will select their entry for the Eurovision Song Contest on the 4th of March. That's right, everybody. We've got another national final. The imaginatively titled Germany, 12 points will be used to select their entry with the participants and competing songs revealed from the 10th of Feb, so not long to wait. In total, 944 entries were submitted for the right to represent Germany. Now, since we last spoke, we also had the shock news of another national final. Poland will be having their own. Ten acts will take part in their final on the 19th of February, including Lydia Kopania, who represented Poland in Eurovision in 2009 with her song, I Don't Want to Leave. In Serbia, we now know the 36 participants, which are going to be taking part in, good luck everybody, Pesma za Eurovision 2022. And, of course, Ukraine's Vidbir. We now know who's taking part in that, and we have a date that is going to be taking place on the 12th of February. Now, as far as song reveals go, all of the songs competing in the, again, imaginatively titled Multi-Eurovision Song Contest 2022 have been released. At the time of recording, we have heard half of the songs in the running at Eurosong 2022 for Ireland, and we also know who's through to the next stage of San Marino's Mammoth Selection, they include Ellis Moraz, who also took part in ESCZ for the Czech Republic last month. And we are almost there with all of the songs that have been revealed in this year's UMK in Finland. I know everybody very impressed with what Finland have got to offer this year. Uh, they include, as we've already mentioned, The Rasmus. And we've got that exclusive interview with lead singer Lowry on the way. And later this week, Portugal will be revealing their artists taking part in Festival da Canchao. It's not how you say it, but we'll go with that. Estilao's semi-finals will take place without an audience. And, of course, sad news. In Sweden, the Melfest tour is being cancelled. All the shows are going to be taking place in Stockholm. We'll have more on that shortly. And some results to catch you up on from the weekend. In the first Melody Grand Prix semi-final, Frodo Vassal progressed direct to the final, while Ieva Zasmiskaita, Lithuania's 2018 entry, won the latest heat of... Pabandon is Nao. That's right, James. I've tried to say it properly this week. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Well done. I don't know how long that was. It was 
it was a very long time that news talk. And also, I like that little curveball you threw in in the middle. You were about halfway through, and you said, "We're nearly there." Dot dot dot. And I thought you were going to say, "We're nearly there with the news," but no, we're nearly there with the song submissions or something like that. And you still had about half the news to go. <laughs> it's a bit like when you go on a walk up a mountain and you think you're at the top, but then you get to the brow of the hill, and there's a lot more to go. Yeah, there's certainly a lot more to go in national final season, isn't there? You do look on the calendars on various websites, don't you? And go, oh my goodness, look how many shows are still left. Look how many songs you've still got to listen to. It is fun, but it is a marathon. It is a marathon, but it's one that we all love. Like, I can't believe that we're already here. Like, it's already mid-January in Eurovision national final season, and uh, Trim will be here before we know it, which is very, very exciting. Even closer, some would say terrifyingly close, is the return of Melody Festival. And of course, it begins the first Saturday in February. But we did mention, sadly, the tour has been cancelled. But that doesn't mean that we can't still look forward to Melfest, of course. But we thought we'd use this as an excuse to get, of course, one of our favourite podcast regulars back on Bella Kvist, Swedish Eurovision fan, Eurovision expert, journalist from Stockholm. Bella, it's great to have you back. Thank you so much for having me back. It's an absolute pleasure to be on the podcast again. It is always great to have you. Of course, we are sad that the Malfest tour is cancelled. Just give us an insight. What is the current situation in Sweden? So the current sitch is that the tour sadly has been cancelled. Melody Festival was meant to tour the country, go to different uh, cities every weekend uh, for one of the heats or semi-finals uh, but sadly that's had to be cancelled because of Covid so uh, they'll be uh, recording everything in Stockholm uh, again as last year um, and th- what they've said in terms of an audience they will allow up to 500 people now of course they will have already sold a lot more tickets than that um, so we're waiting on an update to find out what's actually happening who will get the chance will they just reimburse everyone and then uh, sell new tickets I think that is the plan but we'll see um, as for the final which was always meant to happen in Stockholm they're still keeping that sort of on hold they haven't said what they'll do about that just yet so I know my dear friends who are coming over from from the UK who have tickets for the final uh, they're still sort of hoping that will go ahead um, fingers crossed for that and that we'll be able to have a big final with big audience but who knows I mean March is still fairly long way away so all fingers crossed that the uh, sort of current outbreak uh, will have diminished by then. Now Bella it's not all bad news is it really though because if we cast our minds back to 12 months ago SVT did an extraordinary job didn't they to put on those six shows without an audience it was still Melfest it felt Melfesty didn't it it felt warm inside so even if we uh, we were chatting the other day Rob weren't we and I said even if there's one person in the audience waving a balloon It'll still be fantastic, won't it? Yes, it'll be so good to have it back. I think uh, Melfest always sits at a really, the, the perfect time of year, really. We're in Sweden, it's dark, cold, rainy, miserable. And then we have this this light of Melfest and, you know, Eurovision ahead of us. I think that makes all the difference. So, yeah, I can't wait for it to, to start properly. Uh, and I, I'm just so excited. Now, you may be listening to Bella, or you may recognise her voice, because of course Bella provided the English language commentary for the Malfest final last year, which was very, very exciting. 
Now, Bella, another thing to get excited about, not just the return of Melfest, not just the fact it's back, but the lineup, of course, we have this year because we've got some former winners back as well. I mean, is it possible to say who you're most excited about or who the who the public are most excited about returning this year? Oh, that is such a difficult question. You really put me on the spot there. Uh, I don't personally have a favourite. Of course, you know, we're still waiting to hear the songs, uh, so that'd be really exciting. There's... What struck me is that there is really a mix of, as you say, like old winners who are returning. Jan Lundvik is back, for example. Um, but also like a lot of acts that are completely new to listeners, I think. Um, for me, a lot of the names are, are new. Uh, there's also acts that, um, well, say uh, one act I really enjoy uh, personally, Tribe Friday, uh, are coming to Europe, well, to Melfest. Uh, I think they'll be a new name to a lot of listeners. Uh, they're sort of an old pop rock band uh, that are making uh, their debut at Mel- Melody Festival, and I think that's super exciting. But there's an, uh, another couple of two more rockish looking bands as well, so that should be really good. I think Lilla Sister are back again. Um, I've also heard that there's a sort of opera pop act and um, one act that was quite sort of um, talked about when it was revealed was Anders Bagge, who is actually normally um, a sort of show host, or he's he's um, he was on um, Masked Singer in Sweden, um, that show, and um, no one could really guess it was him behind the mask because he's n- not normally a performer or an artist. So this will really be his first time performing as an artist outside of that show. Uh, so normally you'll just see him as a judge on Idol, I think Swedish Idol or something similar to that. So uh, yeah, really interesting lineup with a lot of surprises and then some, you know, fan favourites. Linda Bank Singh is back again, of course. So that should be really fun as well. Yeah, just looking at that list of names, you know, you flick through every couple of days, don't you go, oh, yes, of course, I forgot they were back or, or oh, look at that new name, because obviously we don't know the song, so it's difficult to get a vibe. But what are the excitement levels like in Sweden? Because for us, we don't see any TV adverts because we're not watching SVT all the time. Are people talking about it already? Absolutely, yes. Um, I mean, uh, the few times I've entered the tube <laughs> this last few months, I've seen adverts for it all over the tube, uh, which certainly gets me excited. Uh, of course, we have Oscar Sia hosting the show, and he's a big favourite over here. People are really excited about that. And I know he is super excited. <clears throat> I worked on Sydjelpen, um, which is this big sort of charity event in Sweden and that went ahead in, in December. And he was one of the um, hosts for that, one of three. And uh, I think two days in, he got cold, so he had to leave. And it was, everyone was gutted for him, of course, because then he, you know, we got, got really great replacement uh, come in really quick. It was all smooth and fine, and he was fine. You know, luckily it was just a cold, but I could tell how, how upset he was not to be able to do this. And then the one thing he kept saying was, I'm so excited for Melody Festival, and I can't wait to do that. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah. We're all excited for him, and I really hope this will, you know, to some extent make it up to him that he sadly did, couldn't do music yet. Um, but yeah, excitement levels are high, uh, definitely. And of course, people, you know, it was all a little bit dampened when the, the sort of tour had to be cancelled. It's definitely, I think, a big thing when Melody Festival comes to your city, your town, um, you know, and not, and it's not just in Stockholm. I think that really adds to the whole feeling of it being like a you know a party for the people all of Sweden is involved uh, so that of course 
is really sad, but uh, people are still excited to to see the return of Melody Festival and for sure. Now you've said there, people are excited. Now, James, I don't want to get people even more excited, but we do have we do have an announcement. We do have a Melfest announcement. <laughs> yeah, we do. It's so big, isn't it? I, I I don't think I'm good enough to make this announcement. Rob, do you want to take it? Do you want to tell everybody the news that they're waiting for? Okay, okay, I will do. I think Bella already knows this, but for you at home listening, everybody, Melfest Monday is coming back, everyone. <laughs> That's why we got you on the podcast, Bella, to be like our hype woman. This is great. The <laughs> <laughs> so Melfast Monday is back. Uh, new listeners, if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, that was our special podcast. We hear every single Monday while Melfest is on. First episode to build up to heat number one. On January the 31st, we'll be joined by some of the artists taking part in Melfest. We'll be joined by some brilliant people who know everything about the show. Bit like Bella, really. Bella will probably be on there, to be honest. And also some of the songwriters, too. So loads to look forward to. And uh, double us. You'll be able to listen to us every Monday on Malfast Monday. And then here every Wednesday, as you are right now. Uh, great to have you, Bella. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for hyping us up there. Yeah, we'll be back on the 31st of January for episode one of Melfest Monday. And then for the following six weeks after that. So we'll be previewing the first heat. And then every single Monday throughout, we'll be looking back and then looking ahead to the next show. So, so excited to be bringing that back. Two episodes of the Eurotrip every single week. What more could you ask for? This is the Eurotrip. When you aren't listening, you can find us on social media. We're at Eurotrip Podcast. Warming you up for the Eurovision Song Contest. This is the Eurotrip. That's right. This is the Eurotrip. Thanks once again for listening. We'll be back uh, with Bella again very shortly. As she joined Rob for a chat with Blind Channel, uh, we'll be bringing you that a little bit later on. But shall we bring you that chat with Lowry Ullinen, the frontman of the Rasmus? You know the Rasmus, cast your minds back about 19 years ago, 20 years ago or so, to 2003. They had that worldwide smash hit, In the Shadows. You couldn't get moved for that song. You ask anybody, they'll know the song In the Shadows. Well, around about a week ago, UMK in Finland announced the seven acts who are going to be taking uh, spots in the national final to hopefully represent Finland and the Rasmus are one of them and they've released their song this week it's called Jezebel and if you haven't heard it you really need to listen to it and we're so delighted to welcome the Rasmus onto the podcast Lowry Ullinen the front man I sat down with him a little bit earlier in the week for a chat to find out why on earth they are trying to represent Finland? Because nobody saw this coming. So you'll find out all you need to know in this chat with him. But I started off by asking him a very important question, where he gets his moisturiser from. Because if you look, that man has not changed for around 20 years. <laughs> it's called plastic surgery. <laughs> I, don't know, I have to blame my parents. You, don't, you can't blame the parents. They've done a wonderful job. They should be, you should be thankful. <laughs> Let's let's talk about UMK because I remember last week when the seven artists got announced, my Twitter feed went absolutely mental. Take us back to the moment when you thought we want to give this a go. Yeah, it's pretty pretty unexpected that we take part of the com- uh, competition because I think usually it's like uh, newcomers, mostly like younger acts, and we've been around for some time, like you said, but um, I think um, because it's an open, open invitation. So last summer 
after struggling with COVID for a year and a half, I thought, oh, got to do something. You know, I, I came up with this idea of a song. I contacted a good friend of mine, Desmond Child, the famous songwriter, producer, uh, a guy behind the hits for Kiss, I Was Made For Loving You, Bon Jovi, Living On A Prayer, You Give Love A Bad Name, Alice Cooper, Poison, Ricky Martin, Limita Vida Loca, the list goes onwards. I contacted him telling him like, I need your help, man. We got to write the best song and win the Eurovision. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, why don't you come over to, uh, to Greece? I'm here on Folagandros. It's a tiny island in the archipelago of Greece. So the next day I took a plane from Hawaii where I live. I flew to Greece. It took me like 35 hours to get there <laughs> with all the ferries and <laughs> things. It was crazy, but I went there for two days and we wrote this song and we thought it was incredible. And I also had the vision of us taking part of the UMK, uh, aiming for Eurovision. So it was like a different um, inspiration to write this song. And I think, well, it sounds like the Rasmus, but it has something more. Maybe because we had an you know, had the competition and Eurovision in mind. I, I sent the demo to the guys, to the band, saying like, okay, are you ready for the news? We're going to take part of the competition. Here's the song. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, what did you think? What did the rest of the band think when you said, I've got this song and we might, we might get to perform it at the Eurovision Song Contest? What did the guys say? Yeah, they were actually excited. I think um, we are lacking so much like these challenges nowadays, like it's been so quiet, like my calendar has been empty. I've been just like surfing in Hawaii. <laughs> I don't want to do that for anymore. You know? <laughs> Two years is enough. So it's great that we have this challenge. And also at the same time, we have had uh, a new band member, uh, Emilia Empo joined the band as a new guitarist. And uh, having her is a big change. But now that we have this, challenge to overcome we have to con conquer something together it's really good for the band because we can you know like grow together more with her it's it's uh it's just too perfect What's the reaction been to Amelia joining the band? Because, of course, this sort of coincided with you announcing uh, you taking part in UMK. What have the fans thought about all these new changes? Yeah, I think for some, it's it's a lot, a lot of changes. I think um, we have a lot of super hardcore fans who've been following us, even from uh, 94 when we started. So people take it very personally. So, you know, like, not to be too positive about it, but actually we are, you know, it was like, Pauli, he wanted to quit. He wanted to leave the band. He's like, I, I've given my all. I don't have any more to give. You know, I want to do something else. So it's, it's not something that we should be too sad about, you know, life goes on. We want to continue with the band. 
we found Emilia, she really fits the group. And, and you can see that, like, um, we just released the video. You can get a little sense of the, the chemistry that's going on there. Now that we've had rehearsals with her, it puts our band on the next level in a way. You know, she's a very good guitarist. She's a really great personality too, you know, and um, we are having fun together. And I think that shows. Now we've got to talk a bit more about Desmond Child. You mentioned this songwriter and you listed off some of these incredible acts he's worked with. I know you've worked with him in the past as well. Did you know, did he ever mention this to you? You know, he's written a Eurovision song before. Oh, he has? Yeah, he has. He wrote a song for Bonnie Tyler back in 2013. <laughs> Right. I actually have heard of it. I just, he didn't talk about this. Maybe it didn't win. No, no it didn't win. <laughs> so he didn't want to mention that. So he, How he did it go? Uh, it didn't do too well. It, it was in the final, but it didn't do too well. Maybe, that, maybe that's why he didn't mention it to you guys. Yeah. What did he say to you then? Let's, let's go back to that, that time because we know he's such, such a big songwriter and you've got experience with him. When you talk yeah. about Eurovision... What's he thinking? Obviously, he's got a bit of knowledge about it there and then. What, what does he say to yeah. you? That it's going to be for UMK. He, as well as many of my American friends, think this Eurovision concept is awesome. They are, like, really, you know, liking it. And come to think of it, it is great. Like, first you pick your own star, and then they send it, the band over or the artist over to compete and represent the world. It's like a... It's fun, but it's still kind of serious, you know, especially in Finland. It's like a real big thing here. It's like the biggest news. I think it has changed as well, because, you know, when I was a kid, it was really for like grownups, grownups. Now it's like young people really enjoys as well. So I think that's why we keep having all kinds of artists and bands uh, taking part of the show. How much Eurovision have you watched in recent years? Are you, you mentioned you're back home in Hawaii. Are you sitting there sometimes when Eurovision's on in May? Do you ever tune in? Or is this something a little bit more new to you? How much do you know about Eurovision already? Well, I've lived in, in America like seven years now. So I, I've watched it from the news as well, of course, but not like I haven't seen the whole show in, in years. But I, I enjoy that uh, the Finns have done well, you know, like last year, Blind Channel did great. And uh, 2006, I think it was uh, Lordi yeah. who won the whole thing. That was incredible. I was so proud of my Finnish friends, you know, like being the monsters and like doing that crazy shit they did. <laughs> yeah, I think it's very inspiring. Like now I've had a closer look since we decided to take part of it, like uh, of the acts. I think there are very great songs there. And uh, I think it's always been a, a song contest. You know, it's about the song. So that's why also when we came up with this song and we thought it's suitable for this thing, I thought it was the right thing to do because maybe previously we didn't have that kind of song. It's great to hear you yeah. talking so positively about it, because I think a lot of people, especially, you know, you've spent a lot of time in the US and a lot of people there, until maybe the Eurovision film came out on Netflix, didn't really understand it and had this really negative view about it. But it's wonderful to hear you speaking so open and openly and positive about it. And you really think that Eurovision could be a great step forward for the band. Of course. I mean, 
think of like acts like ABBA, for example. Was that like 64 or something? 74, yeah. 74, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> What an opening, you know, to the world. It's like amazing. You know, they just recently last year released music. Yeah. And I haven't been that emotionally Attack. emotional about any music <laughs> lately than ABBA. All of a sudden I was kind of, well, I was in jet lag. It was like 3.30 at night, but I was like in tears listening to the music. I was like, wow, music lives forever. You know, it's so cool. What are we going to see? Take us to the end of February on that final night in UMK. What is the Rasmus's performance of Jezebel going to look like? Is it just going to be an attack on the senses? Well, I can't tell anything about the show. I'm not allowed. Come on, give us one little secret, just between <laughs> me and you. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but it's. I think we re rely on the, the group energy. You know, that's our strength. That's like the main point. And um, the song is very energetic. It tells a story. I, I can't say it. Ah, it's hard. <laughs> This is the worst part. Me trying to ask you questions that I know fine well you're not allowed to tell me about. This is the worst part. Yeah. Do you know what you're getting yourself in for? If you win UMK and you get that golden ticket to Eurovision, do you know what you're getting yourself in for? I'm mainly talking about the fans because the fans of Eurovision are crazy. Do you know that? I, I have an idea, but I think <laughs> I still have a lot to learn about that. Now we have got a lot of contacts from different fan clubs and and it's nice to see that even we are just in the beginning of this race you know first we gotta take over finland and then you know possibly go to italy but um already now fans eurovision fans all over the world are are getting excited about, about us being part of the show and it's really feels really nice what would it mean to you and the rest of the band If in Finland in a few weeks' time, the audience picked up the phones, they voted for you, and you did win, you you got to go to Eurovision. What would it mean to the band? Well, it would be an absolute honor to represent Finland. I think uh, we have done that in a way for already years because we have like 95% of the gigs we play is outside of Finland, you know, and we always bring the message of being a Finn to the world. And, uh, it would be actually quite natural for us. And I really hope that we win. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's going to be so many people listening right now who are going to be hoping for the same. So Lowry, to finish off, what message do you have to all these people listening who will be, who may be voting for you in the final of UMK in a few weeks time? What message do you have? Well, listen to the song, our song Jezebel. It's about, it's like a tribute to all the strong people who do things in their own ways. And uh, it's really like supposed to give some power to you, to your day. Lowry, well said. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Eurotrip. And I wish you the very, very best of luck for UMK. Thank you so much. Don't forget, you can get in touch with us on social media. We're at Eurotrip Podcast. You heard it there. Absolutely fantastic to bring you that exclusive chat with Larry Ullinen here on the podcast, lead singer of the Rasmus. Please do get in your reaction to that as well at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Send us an email if you want. Hello at EuroTripPodcast.com. So good to have them on. You won't hear him anywhere else. James, you had the pleasure of talking to him. What a lovely fella. 
Yeah, he was, wasn't he? You know, there's sometimes when you do interviews and you're waiting for them to join the Zoom, and especially when they're big names like that and you get a bit nervous because you think, oh, what if they're just a diva? What if they don't want any fun or anything like that? But he was so much fun, wasn't he? Loads of great stories as well. Loads of little bits of info you just didn't expect to hear. Loads of bits of info you didn't expect to hear, including as you surprised him with the, the information as to the other Eurovision song that the songwriter behind Jezebel Uh, The other Eurovision song that he had written, he, of course, as you said in the interview, also the man behind Bonnie Tyler's entry for the UK in 2013, Believe in Me. (laughs) Yeah, I bet you didn't expect that, Bella, did you? No, I had no idea. How interesting. They're quite different, those songs. Um, Yeah, wow. If there was a Venn diagram, you wouldn't expect Bonnie Tyler and the Rasmus to be... Too hard, I was sitting there thinking, what is he going to say? Did not expect Bonnie Tyler for one second. No, that's amazing. You've had a listen to the song. What do you think? I like it. I have, To be fair, I haven't 100% made my mind up what I think of it. Because I love In the Shadows. It's such a banger. And this is slightly different, isn't it? So I think I was expecting one thing. And then this is slightly different. You can still hear it's the Rasmus, but it's... From the first listen, I thought it lacked a bit of oomph, like something to really make it stand out. But then having said that, uh, the more I listened to it, it really grew on me. And a lot of the times, you know, a lot of the time that is a sign of a really good song as well, when it sort of grows on you and then you see different layers to it. So I haven't 100% made my mind up yet. What do you guys think? I really like it. It's not it's not normally my type of music, but I really, really like it. I was sold when I listened to the full thing and heard that they'd managed to get a tiger's roar in there because why, <laughs> why on earth not? Why not? Yeah, Amazing. I'm a big fan as well. It's not normally my style of music, but yeah, just the first time I heard it, I thought, yeah, this is a really strong entry. I think the same about all the songs in Finland that we've heard so far, actually. Finland are up in the game Amazing every lineup. single year. Uh, and I think that's one of the national finals that people are going to start to tune into every year. And maybe that'll expand as people start to love it a little bit more. So yeah, great stuff from Finland. As a Swede, Bella, are you, uh, are you getting a little bit a little bit nervous that your, uh, that your near neighbour Finland are uh, taking some of your Eurasian prowess off you? Well, I wasn't going to say anything, but uh, now you mentioned it, absolutely. Yeah, Finland are definitely <laughs> delivering. And as a big sort of pop and metal rock fan, I, I see Finland, I see what they're doing, and I'm like, hmm, interesting, interesting. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely here for it. Um, don't they do um, English commentary as well? And I think Russian as well. So they're really, you know, yeah, they know what they're doing. Yeah, branching out for the international fans. Yeah, mm-hmm. Wiley mm-hmm. over in Finland. They know what to do. They've got the head screwed on. Belly, you mentioned already there that you are a big rock and metal fan, which is why you're 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 still kicking about on this week's episode. Because uh, a few weeks ago, uh, me and you had the pleasure of having a chat to Finland's Eurovision 2021 representatives, Blind Channel. Now, honestly, it was so great to have them on because. Well, everybody loves Blind Channel. We know how well they did, of course, in Rotterdam. And I found out we were doing the interview and I thought, well, who can I bring along? Who will who will enjoy chatting to the boys more than any of us possibly could? Bella, it was great to have you with me. We got the chance to chat to Nico and Joel. We're going to hear, of course, how the interview went in uh, in just a sec. But just brilliant to be able to chat to them because they are very, very busy boys. 
It was so fun. I'm so glad you asked me on because obviously I love the song and uh, and so it's really nice to actually get to speak to them and get their you know thoughts behind it. Uh, the whole thing was I'll just never forget it because uh, when we first chatted to them, we didn't realize I think until we were actually sat you know talking to them that they were in the library. They had to hide away from lots of fans, so they were sat in the library. And I was thinking, how do you interview someone when they're sat in the library? They, per definition, have to be quiet. And people actually came up to them and asked them to be quiet throughout as well. So it's definitely a challenge to interview a metal band in a library. Uh, but yeah, it went really well. They were super lovely. Uh, I felt like they were definitely sort of... It's, it's always interesting when uh, rock bands and, and Eurovision, they don't always, um, you don't often see a lot of sort of very serious rock bands at Eurovision, right? Um, and so I felt like they were a little bit defensive at times. Would you agree, Rob? I think so. I think they are pleased that they did Eurovision, but that is very much in their rear view mirror, I think is uh, is probably what comes yeah, across in this. Yeah. Uh, but having said that, I thought it was really interesting to get to chat to them about sort of the meaning behind the lyrics and also, you know, what they've gotten up to sort of more recently. They're on some major lineups for like heavy metal festivals. Um, so I'm super pleased for them. Yeah, you mentioned in the interview, of course, they're performing at Knotfest, which is a huge festival in uh, in Finland, which is very, very exciting. But let's get to it. We, as Bella mentioned, spoke to them about all sorts of different things in this. It's a really, really enjoyable listen. But we started with a very simple one. Nico, Joel, how busy have you been since Rotterdam? Life, life's been really, really busy, like, lately. And it's been an amazing year. We did, like... 16 shows in the summer yeah big big shows and and then right now we're on tour touring all over finland we finished our fourth album like it's dark side became the most streamed song in finland this year so yeah like it's it's incredible that everything happened only in one year because like we, we really haven't had time to like process all of all that's happened you're saying about um your song being the most streamed song in Finland this year, which is brilliant. And um, I just feel like this year, uh, potentially even last year, you know, what happened is we're seeing like a shift in Eurovision, I think, where we're seeing a younger audience come and discover it. And I think that you guys are very much part of this. Like we're seeing this rock audience. Like, did you reflect on that at all? Um, and were you ever like considering not doing Eurovision for any reason? Um, because I guess... Uh, there's not been that much rock in the past. Well, like what I'm thinking is that it's really not only about Eurovision. Like rock, rock and roll, like electric guitars are definitely coming back everywhere. Like we've seen that, like Machine Gun Kelly and Post Malone, like has electric guitars. Even the the Even new Billy Irish. Yeah, rock is like everywhere. And then like definitely because the social media generation is like our age right now, like 20, yeah. 20, 20 somethings. So. It's like it's a scene that's happening all over the place, not only in Eurovision. I think Eurovision is starting to become something else that it used to be back in like 2000s and 2010s. Because back in that time, it was more like a Eurovision like choke every year. The same choke repeated itself. But right now it's more like a pop music um, performing place in general. And that's why all the social medias are in so big part of that, because it's not only the television broadcast, it's, it's all around the place. And yeah, I mean, I guess it's the 
changing of seasons or something like that. Bella mentioned how you guys have, of course, changed perceptions for people and changed perceptions at Eurovision as well. We had a question on that on social media. IIESC on Twitter asked, has your view of music changed? Because, of course, at Eurovision, you're exposed to so many different genres. Like you said, it's very pop music heavy, but we had different genres this year. And I think that's only going to happen going forward as well. Well, like, I think our taste in music, our view of music has been the same since the early 2000s. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah, we don't, we love the music that, like, we're still reliving that, like, the new metal and the big rock bands, the rock era, it happened in Finland as well, as well as globally. And we were kids back then, so that really left a mark on us. And we're still like reliving that. And we've never been afraid of pop music. Like we love yeah. pop music. That's why we call our music violent pop music, because we love like we want to make it to mainstream. And we don't see that you can't make pop like you can't make pop with electric guitars. Like pop is a way to approach music. You can make a pop rock song or even pop metal or whatever. Like pop is just a way to like approach music from a point of view to make it like made it stuck in your head and made playing in the radio and make everybody like the big masses fall in love with it and that's like our style in making music and the kind of music we love i love that i'm a huge fan of both metal and pop and i love the sort of mix of it as well and i think you really bring that sort of melodic sense into the sort of heavier you know that you mix that really well and i think that is obviously key to your success obviously, but I also feel like with your performance at Eurovision, you really brought that live aspect. And I think, you know, because of the pandemic and everything we had behind us, people really saw that, you know, what you brought to the show wasn't just like a music video brought to life. You actually performed, you know, you brought that live sense. Now, of course, at Eurovision, you can't play the instruments live. How did that feel? Well, basically like a arena show. Just the arena show. We've been playing those like, actually, we've been playing with like Hollywood Undead and Amaranth. We've been playing big shows in Europe, in Finland, like in arenas. So it felt like arena show. Nothing, just one song and you play it live, just like you played before. Yeah, and we were pissed off because the other guys had it too easy. They could just dance yeah. around and do their choreography and look good because they didn't have to really play but we had to be singing and concentrate on that so it it felt unfair but shit happens <laughs> You could tell from the uh, audience reaction, obviously, you know, what an amazing show you put on. And then the end result, I think a lot of people were really inspired. I definitely predict a year of rock ahead of this because I think you really inspired a lot of acts to, to bring rock to Eurovision as well. Yeah, yeah, and that was like that was the point. Like, like we never cared about any placement or stuff like that. Like we wanted to get a big record deal. We got that. We made a big, huge record deal with Sony Music Germany and Century Media, 
Then we wanted to show our middle finger to whole world. We did that as well. And then we wanted to like just make the audience go woo. And I think we pulled and, that and, off too. And most of all, we wanted to have the biggest promotion ever for our music. Yeah. And we didn't want to win, but we got the top 10. So I think it's, I think it's all over and out. Right now we're doing pretty well. We're starting to sell our headline European tour tomorrow. We have like big venues all around Europe, in UK, Russia. We have plans for American tour. Our songs are streaming like hell. So I don't know what, what is it's it's fucking mayhem right now. And we're gonna we're gonna well we're gonna probably have some awards in Finnish Grammys. So it's all gonna go well. Every, no worries. Everything went just as we planned. Yeah. We're not, I mean, we're not stuck in that Eurovision thing. For sure, if Eurovision calls us like, guys, do you want to do the opening ceremony show for the Eurovision? We will be like, hell yeah, if we can play our new song, then they will be like, yeah, for sure, come here. We'll be, yeah, okay, let's go there. All right, 11 countries left. We now go to Finland. Finland has received mentioned obviously Eurovision is a great place to to promote yourselves to promote yourselves as an act do you think enough artists kind of understand the showcase that it provides because I think you know I'm talking to you from the United Kingdom for example and artists don't go to Eurovision because they don't want the the reputation of doing Eurovision but as you've said there it can be such a big promotion vehicle to you know put you in a new level a whole new stratosphere which is where you guys are now yeah, well, like you gotta be really sure. Like you gotta, you need to know what you're doing. Cause imagine, like if if you if you participate with a bad song or a bad show or something, if you're not completely sure of what you're doing, your then your career is destroyed. Yeah, and it's a risk for sure. I mean, we took that risk because it was a risk for us too. Like, we didn't have any other options. We were offered that, and we were like, let's go because we. Every time when we go to the band competition, we've been playing like, uh, I think, two band competitions. Both of them we won. And right now we got, I, I, we would say that in Finnish way, we won it. We won it. We, in Finland, we size we're winners. That. Yeah. And so basically we were so sure about that. If we go there, we're going to we're gonna make it. And that happened. And yeah, I mean, for every new artist and band who would like to participate on that, I would say that be sure about what you're going to do because otherwise you're going to get destroyed. Yeah, it's like, but if you're completely sure what you're doing, you got to kick ass on, you got to kick a show, then it's the best, like the best place in the world, the, yeah. big, the biggest music show in the world. So I don't think like, I don't know if there's a better place to promote your stuff. Just make sure your stuff is good. Like we had seven years, We've, we had been doing we this for seven years. Many times. Yeah, before before we participated, and that's why we were so sure of what we were doing. And we battled with the Finnish national broadcasting company. We battled with them because they wanted to change our show. And then we battled with the EBU, who make the Eurovision happen, because they wanted to change our show. They were saying no middle fingers. So it was like because we were so sure of what we were doing, how 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 this needs to be done, so we can make the most of it. And that's exactly what we did. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, on that note, with the middle fingers, obviously you weren't allowed to then put your middle fingers up, um, you know, but um, I couldn't help but notice that the German entry had that little sort of blow up finger. Can you remember? Like the little plastic yeah, finger yeah. on stage. So that sort of seemed to be showing, right, it, it seemed to just be showing the one finger a lot of the time. Did you ever think about that? Yeah, we thought about it, but then we're like, I think the red middle finger was a lot more cool. Cool. Yeah. It was more like statement. You 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 banded our middle fingers and but it like, I mean it's, yeah. Yeah. It if was you, a meme. If you EBU hadn't banned our middle fingers, they wouldn't have got all the press attention, all the media attention it got because it like you went to the pay news because they like banned it and then we did the red thing. Yeah. It, it's like it was even more fun than the, the fact that we would be showing our middle fingers. And yeah, the, the German that he played right before us, and yeah, he was supposed to be like this, but we didn't really care about it. We were just like, okay, fine. How much did you have to change your show? Like, how difficult was it? Because, you know, how much did you have to fight against the likes of EBU and the Finnish broadcaster? We, we changed nothing except for the middle fingers, which is still something like join us and stuff like that. But besides that, we changed nothing. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. Like, yeah. And it was, it was like an arm wrestle with the EBU and the Finnish national broadcasting company, like, like we're keeping this the way it is like they tried to take the pot some of the pyros away and then change our clothing and stuff like that and we were like no this is our this is our vibe this is our style this is how we do things and that's obviously done you very well i mean how excited are you guys to be on that and not fest lineup together with slipknot and bring me i mean that is an incredible lineup and i think i'm going to go to finland for the first time for that lineup <laughs> For me, Slipknot is the biggest, one of the biggest bands since my childhood, and my one of my biggest dreams was to play a Northwest show at some point. And when we got that offer for Northwest, Northwest, we were like, "There's gonna be Bring Me the Horizon, Slipknot, and stuff like that." So we were super excited, and I said, that let's go immediately." It was like, yeah, "It's gonna be probably one of the." One of the greatest shows for us ever because yeah like our favorite bands are there and then like then we are there and like <laughs> yeah we gotta play better than our favorite bands so <laughs> and if we can it's an incredible lineup yeah if we can hang out with slipknot guys or even even say a word with them it would be like dream come true for for me and for us because i mean they're huge idols yeah Corey us. taylor and and the whole band it's like yeah, we were looking looking out for them. And this is just this is just part of you know what is what has already been and what is going to be such an exciting 2022 and beyond for you guys. Just give us an insight and an idea as to you know whereabouts you're going on this monster tour that's just been announced. Well, we have a couple of European tours coming. Um, we have a plan for American tour. Let's see if it happens. We have like over 20 festival shows in Finland and in Europe. And then we have probably our biggest headline show ever in Helsinki. Then, uh, then we're going to release the fourth album. We've been working on it for a long yeah. time. So it's going to be really exciting. And then like, I think we're going to play like 200 shows next year if everything goes well. And television but, shows we're going to be part of. Uh, we, we can't say the names yet, but one of the biggest... Finnish television musical shows and 
all, all of that stuff. So there's going to be a lot of stuff going on. And um, the next year is going to be even busier than this one, which is hard yeah. to believe even for us. But yeah, that's the plan. Let's hope like the only thing standing on our way is the pandemic. But if if that, that steps aside, then there's nothing stopping us. listening to your lyrics and a lot of times listening to sort of heavier music I find there's often a topic of sort of on mental health am I reading that into your lyrics as well I feel like often rock music does that really well brings up other you know topics not just the obvious of love and everything am I right in reading that into your into your lyrics as well yeah like what can I say like we got a lot of issues like this band has always been a sense of therapy for us like if they're playing playing live and making songs like because we're living and breathing this this stuff so so yeah it's gonna it has a sense of therapy and immediately if there's no shows like the year before like 2020 it was yeah. like there wasn't a lot of shows and then we didn't see each other that much didn't write new songs so you could like see that our mental health got really screwed up because we didn't like pour it you need to get it out somewhere and our way to get it out is in the studio and on stage and if you take those away we go mad so <laughs> so yeah which is yeah that, that that's the case and definitely and it's it's like i write like i write lyrics from a very personal perspective to my perspective or the guys are us as a band and it's amazing to see like how those lyrics have now like people our fans our listeners are sending messages like this happened to me and i feel exactly like that thank you for putting my thoughts into words and then it's just like that it's 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 kind of cool to see that everybody's going through someone and that's always the idea like behind our songs that if this song can help one person only one person then it's worth doing then the song is worth like writing and releasing if it can like help only one person and i think some songs have helped pretty many and it's always nice to hear amazing i mean only just going on youtube and reading the comments there you can tell a lot of people relate a lot to your songs and i think you're doing that brilliantly so on behalf of everyone thank you so much for that of course thank you and how global now is that you know communication for you guys you know you mentioned people getting in touch so many people saying that your songs resonate with them such important messages you know obviously massive in finland but now globally you know where are you where have you been getting messages from it must be all corners of the globe at this point well we have majority of listeners in germany uh, america uk and russia so yeah. most of the most of the fans are pretty much outside finland but for sure, we have like, I think every single Finnish teenager knows who we are. So we can't basically go outside like... Or to, the, to the library. Yeah, it's it's like, we're like celebrities here and we're, everyone knows us. And if you like, if you look at Instagram or Twitter, then you'll find like there's like a fan base, a fan site in every country. They're like Blind Channel Albania, Blind Channel, like, yeah. uh, like all those like countries can be found there and then also like our team is bigger than ever before since the new record deal like our team is also like all around all around europe and some even in america which is really cool that like because 
it helps a lot when you have like an agent or something like in another country. It's, it's it's a lot of help. So that's been really cool as well that our like our network has grown as well. I'm worried to I'm worried to finish the interview because I'm worried as to how mobbed you're going to be in the library as soon as you stand up and people realize you're in there. Is that what's going to happen? Well, like I have this camouflage. I can show you like I have this. That's brilliant. They'll never recognize you like, that way. Then I'll tie my hair and then like, and then I even have like pull my mask on and stuff like that. So I think, I think we're getting out safely. Oh, guys, thank you so much. It's been so brilliant to chat to you. Good luck for everything. Good luck getting out of the library. And it's, uh, it's been brilliant to have you on the Euro trip. Thanks thank a you. Lot. Let's keep in touch. This is the Euro trip. So there you go. The boys from Blind Channel back on the podcast for the third time. Are they the most recurrent guests we have on the podcast? I think they probably are. Bella's probably up there with them, actually. Uh, But great to have them. And they told us so many stories. I particularly love the stuff that, uh, Bella, you were asking them about the meaning behind the song and stuff about the lyrics and the mental health side of things. I thought that was really interesting. But we can't get away from the fact that they were in a library. We're trying to figure out who else from Eurovision 2021 you'd find in a library. Yeah, should we do a nominee each? Uh, Bella, who's your who's, who do you think? Put put a name forward. I could just think of people <laughs> who wouldn't be there. Like, Chris <laughs> definitely not with a song called Voices. <laughs> I was going to say you couldn't imagine Maniskin in a library either, but then you couldn't no. imagine Blind Channel in a library, so it's a similar no. vibe. <laughs> I mean, the answer's going to come back to what the answer always comes back to, which is Natalia Gordienko. Natalia Gordienko in any scenario ever, I'd be well up for. <laughs> absolute carnage <laughs> although not too dissimilar to as we've already mentioned on the podcast when we did chat to natalia gordienko before rotterdam uh, she did the interview from a hotel lobby so similar vibe yeah <laughs> the glamorous locations of eurovision participants doesn't get any better than that but no great to have blind channel on the podcast and bella as well thanks for doing the interview alongside rob uh, great fun thanks for having me so much fun well, we're going to thank you for that by letting you stick around for the one second song. Bella, this is an honour, by the way. You are the first ever person to play the one second song on the podcast other than me and James. I feel honoured and terrified in equal measures. <laughs> well, let's get on with it then. If you are a new listener, if it's the first time you listen to the Eurotrip, let us fill you in. We take it in turns each week to play each other and you, of course, the very first second of a Eurovision song And all you've got to do is try and guess the song title, the artist, the country it represented and the year it took part in the Eurovision Song Contest. It couldn't be any easier than that, they say. So for the first time this week, let's have a listen to this week's One Second Song. Oh, God. Oh, that doesn't sound very good. Bella, you don't sound very sure on that whatsoever. Rob, are you... Do you have the similar noise you made when you heard it? I I don't want to rub it in, but I've got four points. <laughs> I've done it. And that, that would give me the lead. So the current scores are uh, James 10, me 8. So if I... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we could be on four by the end of this, Bella, although it's not sounding likely. James, can we have it one more time? Yeah, let's hear it once more. This week's one second song. So that's it. We've heard it twice now, uh, given the look on Bella's face. Still not that sure? <laughs> She's shaking her head. She's still trying to work out what it is. I don't even dare guess. 
I knew it was going to be, I knew, oh, I knew this was going to be bad. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I can't, it's going to be a blank for me. This is what's so tricky about the one second song. Like it might, might be the most familiar Eurovision song ever, but you hear the first second and you start doubting yourself. I know. And I can like, I can hear, I know I know the song. I know I know the song. I just can't, it's the pressure. <laughs> are you going to submit an answer or are you going to pass? I'm going to pass. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. So that we weren't cheating, rather than say my answer out loud, I have submitted my answer to James on message. So, James, do you want to reveal to everybody whether I have or haven't got it right? Do you want to tell everybody what my answer was? I was very confident. I think I've got four points. Yeah, you were very confident. Quick out the blocks, uh, you've sent me a message and it says, very simply, Dima Balan, believe... 2008, Russia. Now, Bella, once you've heard that, what do you think? Do you think he's right? Does it sound familiar? I think he may be onto something. <laughs> he certainly is. He's only gone and done it. Four points to Rob. Ooh, well done. Into the lead for the first time since the podcast came back in September. Very, very exciting. Should we hear a little bit more of it? Standing strong like a tree in the wind Nothing's gonna move this mountain Or change my direction I'm falling on the sky and I'm all alone The courage that's inside's gonna break my fall Nothing's gonna dim my light with it Thankfully for me, for once, that wasn't too bad. I, I managed to get the four points, but I definitely don't know what the tenuous link is to this week's podcast. That's the other thing, Bella. The one second song often is tenuously linked to something else we've done in the podcast this week. Any ideas? Um, not to get into politics or anything, but uh, there's been some tension this last week <laughs> <laughs> between the Nordic countries and Russia. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. No, I'm joking. I have no idea. In that case, let me tell you, there's no way you're going to figure this out. So, earlier on, uh, Larry Ulanen was telling us that uh, Desmond Child, the guy who wrote uh, Jezebel, also wrote Believe in Me for Bonnie Tyler in 2013. Who represented Finland in 2013? It was Krista Siegfrieds with Marry Me. Now, in the Finnish selection, she beat fellow Finnish singer Deandra. Now, I'm sure you'll, you'll remember this, Rob. Bella, I'm sure you'll remember this as well. Now, Deandra performed the song Light Up the Ice at the 2017 World Figure Skating Championships in Helsinki. It's a big day in everyone's diary. We, we all remember it. I mark it every year. We all remember the anniversary. <laughs> Who's the only figure skater I can think of associated with the Eurovision Song Contest? None other than <laughs> Evgeny Plushenko, who was on stage with Dima Balan for Believe. In 2008. Wow. Wow. Well done. Well played. Well played. <laughs> that is uh, a tenuous link. I will give you that. 
Yeah, don't say we don't research anything. I thought some of my tenuous links after the one second song had been good, but I think you've topped the lot. That was excellent. Very well done. Oh, and with that, it's the perfect place to end. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of The Eurotrip. It has been a delight to have you along. And thank you, Bella, for joining us. Thank you for being here. Thank you for chatting to us about Melfest. And thank you for joining me to chat to Blind Channel. Well, thank you so much for having me. So much fun. Yeah, it certainly has been. Bella, a huge thank you and a huge thanks to you for joining us and listening in. Don't forget, we'll be back in seven days' time for a brand new episode of the Eurotrip. In the meantime, don't forget you can keep up to date with us online. We are at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Hello at EurotripPodcast.com on the email. And uh, check out the website as well, EurotripPodcast.com. And also, don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review and rate us five stars. From me, James... It's goodbye. And from me, Rob, just before I go, very exciting. You heard it in the podcast. Malfest Monday returns January 31st. So from me, from Bella, from James, from all of us, goodbye. Uh, I'm just going to expose myself. Hold on. Pardon? So I've just taken my fleece off. Oh, wow. I, didn't, I really did not expect that. <laughs> this pay-per-view. Here we go. You might get more than you bargained for here. Get the binoculars out. Oh, that was close. I saw some... Oh, that's a nipple. you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volure xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.